His name's same as mine, John Paul Penny. By tree, pole, and pen, you may know the Cornish men, quoted Julian, getting into a carriage with the others. Thanks, John. We'll look up your uncle if we can. They each took a corner seat, and Timmy went to the opposite door to put his feet up on the ledge and his nose out of the window. He meant to stand like that all the way. He loved the rush of air past his nose. Timmy, come down, said George. Timmy took no notice. He was happy. It was holidays again, and he was with everybody he loved. They were going away together. There might be rabbits to chase. Timmy had never yet caught a rabbit, but he went on hoping. Now we're off again, said Julian, settling into his corner. Gosh, how I do like the beginnings of a holiday. Getting ready, looking at maps, planning how to get there, and then at last setting off. On a lovely fine day like this, said Anne. George, how did your mother hear of Tremannan Farm? Well, it was father who heard about it, really, said George. You know father's got a lot of scientist friends who like to go off to lonely places and work out all kinds of ideas in peace and quiet. Well, one of them went to Dramanum Farm because he heard it was one of the quietest places in the country. Father said his friend went there, all skin and bone, and came back as fat as a Christmas goose. And mother said that sounded just the place for us to go these holes. She's right, said Dick. I feel a bit skin and bonish myself after slaving at school for three months. I could do with fattening up. They all laughed. You may feel skin and bonish, but you don't look it, said Julian. You want a bit of exercise. We'll get it too. We'll walk and bike and bathe and climb. And eat, said George. Timmy, you must be polite to farm dogs or you'll have a bad time. And you must remember that when you go out to play, you'll have to ask the other dog's permission before you can chase their rabbits, said Dick solemnly. Timmy thumped his tail against Dick's knees and opened his mouth to let his tongue hang out. He looked exactly as if he were laughing. That's right, grin at my jokes, said Dick. I'm glad you're coming, Tim. It would be awful without you. He always has come with us, on every holiday, said George, and he shared in every single adventure we've ever had. Good old Timmy, said Julian. Well, he may share in one this time, too. You never know. I'm not going to have any adventures this time, said Anne in a firm voice. I just want a holiday, nothing more. Let's have a jolly good time and not go on looking for anything strange or mysterious or adventurous. Right, said Julian. Adventures are off this time. Definitely off. And if anything does turn up, we poo-poo it and walk off. Is that agreed? Yes, said Anne. All right, said George doubtfully. Fine, said Dick. Julian looked surprised. Gosh, you're a poor lot, I must say. Well, I'll fall in with you if you're all agreed, 
Even if we find ourselves right in the very middle of goodness knows what, we say, no thank you, and walk away. That's agreed. Well, began George, I'm not sure if... But what she wasn't sure about, nobody knew, because Timmy chose that moment to fall off the seat. He yelped as he hit the floor with a bang, and immediately went back to his post at the window, putting his head right out. We'll have to get him in and shut the windows, said George. He might get something in his eye. No, I'm not going to cook slowly to a cinder in this hot carriage with all the windows shut, not even for the sake of Timmy's eyes, said Julian firmly. If you can't make him obey you and come inside, he can jolly well get something in his eye. However, the problem was solved very quickly, because at that moment the train gave a most un...